you look at the longevity data on sleep, people that sleep consistently less than six and a half hours of, of sleep per night or more than 10 actually live shorter lives. It impacts all-cause mortality. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to the Biohacker Babes. My name is Renee, tuning in with my sister Lauren today. How's it going? Hey, babe, I'm good. Tuning in from Greenville, South Carolina, or maybe it's Greenville, South Carolina. I don't know. Do we have any South oh. Carolinians tuning in that can correct me on that one? Yeah, you have to ask a local for that advice for sure. Yeah, I was saying it very proper, Greenville, but may not be correct. <laughs> That's like when I first moved to Vegas and I was saying Nevada, and someone was like, if you want people to think you're a local, start saying Nevada. Like, Nevada. Ah, Nevada, not Nevada. So um, sounds like fact. more of a Maryland accent anyways to say Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. That's Southern accent. <laughs> All right. My sister and friend and babe, I have a pop quiz question for you today. Shoot. What was what was the last supplement you took? You mean before this podcast? Yeah, this morning, today. What did I take? <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Let me think about this. I ate lunch probably two hours ago. Could have been some Capex. Oh, okay. No, I remember. I remember. I took the last three capsules in my mega immune from microbiome labs. Nice. I remember because then I put the bottle in the recycling and I'm very sad. I have to order some more. That was it. Mega immune. Awesome. That's a great product. So is Capex. Love that product. Love Megamune through the winter. Amazing. What about you? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You're going to turn it around on me? Uh, last supplement that I took. Oh, that's so funny. Megamune. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I took it after breakfast. Yeah, just because I was traveling over the weekend and kind of like our last episode, we just did all about staying healthy while traveling. Megamune is like my current immune supplement, especially traveling and getting back and kind of recovering from that. So yeah, three capsules of Megamune. Everyone's wondering now, is this an ad? Are you putting an ad at the beginning of the podcast? Hey, I would love for them to sponsor the podcast. So <laughs> this was not planned. We only planned to do a surprise pop question. Yeah. Love Megamune. Yeah. So funny. Jinx, you owe me more Megamune. Not, not a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Megamune instead. All right, friends. So today we are talking about sleep optimization. You know, this is one of our favorite topics in the world because really sleep is at the foundation of everything when it comes to health. So we have an expert coming on to talk about the topic. We have Matt Gallant from Bioptimizers. And it's funny, I realized today, so we've had Wade Lightheart on, we've had Mr. Newt's on, and now we are having Matt on, all from the amazing team over there. And he has spent 
$45,000 on sleep optimization. So he has done the work to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And his goal is by is to spread this message so you don't have to spend $45,000 to optimize your sleep. So he gives a lot of great tips today, some lifestyle things, some biohacks, some supplements, but really just the importance of sleep. And he has a background of coming from you know, sleep deprivation, four to five hours a night, similar to my story, to then how can I optimize my sleep and get the most efficient sleep possible in as little hours as possible. And for me, I have really done a lot of work in this space too. And I now have like a sleep efficiency of 95%. My sleep is very efficient, but my next goal is how can I sleep a little bit less? So it's still a journey, but I've learned a lot and uh, really appreciated everything he shared today. I'm going to say ditto on everything you said. I don't have anything to add because that was perfect. I just love this conversation and and being able to go fully around the circle, behavioral lifestyle, and then get into the biohacking and the supplements. And I think it's there is room for all of them, but really important to start with the behavioral stuff. So I really appreciated that. And yes, one of our favorite topics, and we hope you enjoy it too. All right. So a little bit more about Matt. Matt Gallant is the CEO and co-founder of Bioptimizers and has a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. He's been a strength and conditioning coach for multiple pro athletes and a self-defense instructor and has over 15 years of experience formulating supplements. He's also a serial entrepreneur that's built over 13 profitable companies. All right. Excited to bring Matt on. Let's do it. All right. Welcome, Matt, to the Biohacker Babes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be here. We, we've actually chatted a, little, a lot in person at different events and happy to, and excited to be here. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it just hit me. You know, we've had Wade on, we've had Mr. Newts on, and now it is time to chat with Matt to kind of round things out. So we're going to be talking about uh, sleep a lot today. And mm-hmm. I think for our listeners, if you have been listening to the show for a while, this is no surprise that we are big fans of sleep optimization. We think it's really the foundation of health. And I always kind of joke that even though my background is in nutrition, I like to talk about sleep first for people because I just think it's really setting the stage for everything else in life. So we're going to get into a lot of the biohacks that you have tried, maybe some things that work, don't work, and maybe even uh, share a little bit more about the sleep nutrients that you've discovered that have worked as well. But before we jump into that, I think just If anyone is new to the show and they're like, what do I need to know about sleep? I would say, um, how is this impacting our overall health and life if we're not sleeping properly? Yeah, the impacts, the near-term impact is massive. So first of all, it will destroy your hippocampus. And that means your short-term memories are shot. A lot of people, I was talking to a good friend of mine, he's like, bro, I just can't remember where I put my keys. I can't remember things. And asked him how his sleep was, and he's sleeping three, four hours a night, waking up, and he's struggling to go back to bed. So, yeah, the impact is immediate on that level. Epigenetically, it turns on several genes that were involved in tumor creation, cancer. In fact, the World Health Organization has deemed night shift work a carcinogen. Obviously, wow. your mood, your mood is going to be compromised. A lot of neurotransmitters that that really help you be in a good mood are created during REM. So if you're not getting enough REM, you're impacted. Weight loss. So you took two groups. One group slept five and a half hours. The other group slept eight and a half. A five and a half hour group, 50% of their weight loss was muscle mass. 
So that's massive. So basically, if you had to lose 10 pounds of body fat, you have to lose 20 pounds to achieve your goal. And obviously, you, you can end up in that skinny fat look and just not look the way you want. And you're losing precious lean body, body mass. Your ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, will go up 28%. And I was actually talking to a, a professional athlete recently. We were talking about sleep. And he told me that he, he, he rocks a CGM, a constant glucose monitor that one night of bad sleep, he looked like a diabetic. So the next day, and again, this is a guy that trains, he eats great, and most of the time sleeps great, but one bad night and his blood work looked like a pre-diabetic. So the the impact's immediate. You know, it's not, I got a lot of people say, well, I can get by, but if you look at, if you look at your biomarkers and actually looked under the hood, uh, things are happening that are not very good. And then long-term, you look at the longevity data on sleep, people that, that sleep, consistently less than six and a half hours of sleep per night or more than 10 actually live shorter lives. So it definitely impacts all cause mortality. Yeah. I Um, just love that you brought up the CGM use because a lot of our listeners track their glucose. And that is a big part mm -hmm. of my coaching is to look at sleep data over a 24 hour period. And I see a lot of people when I start nitpicking particular foods or demonized carbs. And then we see with the sleep Mm -hmm. metrics, oh my gosh, if you just get sleep, your food's going to have such a better response on the glucose. And so I, I just think that's so, so crucial. And uh, before we jumped on, we were talking about analogies. And I think it's just fascinating that when our iPhones or our, fo- our phones die, we can just plug it in. But the human body is not that simple. There's so many variables that affect our sleep. So what would you say are the kind of the biggest disruptors of sleep where we, you know, we can't just get by, as you said, on less sleep? Yeah. And a lot of these are inexpensive or free things everybody can do. So the first one is light and darkness. And I'm grouping that into one bucket. And really it starts in the morning and I mean, all credit goes to Dr. Andrew Huberman, not for discovering it, but for really hammering the point that we should all get sunlight in our eyes in the morning. And I've been doing that pretty consistently for the last few months. And the impact on mood metabolism and sleep is just massive. You know, so literally the, the, all you need to do is within 30 minutes upon awakening, go outside and get sunlight in your face and your eyes, get no, no glasses, no sunglasses. I also think that there's a asymmetrical gain, meaning that you're getting abnormal levels of results by splitting your workouts and we get this kind of another tangent, but a few years ago, people were talking about sitting as the new smoking. And I really dived into yeah. that data and I looked at it. And what it really is, is not changing position as the new smoking. And then I looked at a bunch of other data on micro exercise, bouts of little micro exercise, like even 10 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes, and the, the impact it has on metabolism. And you're looking at two, three, four, 500 extra calories. So it's really these abnormal gains. So my point is, if you wake up and you just go walk, walk uphill, do a set of stairs, you don't need to do a cardio workout. You just need to move a little bit. Uh, I think you're going to burn an extra three to four to 500 calories compared to, let's say, doing it after your weight workout later in the day. And you're getting the light, which basically programs your brain. It starts the clock, right? We have all these circadian clocks that do different things in our bodies. And when it comes to sleep, the clock starts when we expose our our eyes, which is really an extension of our brain, to light. And then the other aspect of light is darkness. And the key there is within 60 to 90 minutes, 
of your target bedtime and having a target bedtime is a really important concept that we can get back to is you want to start diminishing light. A few strategies around that. One is you can just install dimmers and dim all the lights or turn off the lights in your house. I've heard some really cool strategies such as salt lamps and have a dimmer on it. So it's really more of an ambient lighting. I've heard people use these child light sensors, you know, the ones you just plug in and put a red light bulb on it. So red light bulbs is another great strategy, or you can wear blue light blocking glasses. So all three of these are viable. The point is you really want to manage light lumens in the eyes is what you're trying to diminish. And what that does, it helps your body naturally produce melatonin. And we can get into the molecules that we can ingest that will help us produce the melatonin. But if you're not managing light, you're not going to create melatonin because the light is literally destroying the melatonin in near real time. And that's another pro tip for everyone. If you are taking melatonin and we can get into how and when and what you should not do when it comes to melatonin, make sure that you're taking it in the dark. And a neuroscientist told me along this a long time ago, and it's just, it's true. The light will literally destroy melatonin. So if you take a melatonin pill and you know, you're brushing your teeth, you're basically wiping it out. In, in near real time. So you want to take it when it's dark, when you're in bed, have it on your bed stand. And, and that's when you use it. Hmm. That's so interesting. I always heard that you could take it any time in the day and it's the light or darkness that would signal the release. Cause there's certain products like there are Tudka products that have melatonin. I think it's Cellcor has melatonin and you can take it any time, but it's not until your, your eyes perceive darkness that it's actually released. Do you have any comments on that? Light destroys melatonin. So even, even so for a long time, I used to wear a sleep mask. Yeah. I mean, it was, this was when I was not as knowledgeable on sleep. And then if you look at the literature on light in a room, if it hits your skin, your skin has photoreceptors and it will diminish your melatonin production. So even while you're sleeping, even with the sleep mask, light will impact your sleep. And that's the third element of light is you should be sleeping in an absolute pitch black environment. So yeah. like literally you, you can't see your hands. So I've got like two layers of blackout curtains. Uh, I've got no electronics on in my bedroom. And yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't even want to have these little red lights. And Dave Asprey has a company called True Dark and they sell these little stickers and I have them in my travel backpack. So when I go to hotels, I'm just putting these stickers and all these little red lights because yeah, you know they, they tend to drive me a little nuts at this point. Oh, totally. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want to go ahead, Renee. Oh, I was going to say that I feel like I have been able to change my bedroom environment at home so well. Like everything is mm -hmm. super, super dark. I still sleep with an eye mask because it feels comfortable for mm -hmm. me at some for some reason. But I was just traveling over the weekend and we were at this like gosh, this huge mansion. It was just absolutely beautiful. And it was all biohackers there. But the room I was in had like two-story windows. And so mm -hmm. at 6 a.m., that sun was just boom. And I didn't want to get up till like 7.30. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, at least I had the sleep mask. But I was wondering about that. I'm like, well, what is that still doing to my body? Because it was so bright. <laughs> oh, but I survived. Yeah. It was only yeah. a couple of nights. That's funny. And I'm traveling all the time. And I just arrived at this particular hotel yesterday and I have the red light plug-in. I have the true dark light bulb. I have all my things, but I forgot to do the red light plug-in, which I always put in the bathroom in case I get up in the middle of the night. I forgot to do it. And so I woke up and I will not turn on the overhead lighting. So I was fumbling around. I woke up this morning, my toiletries had all been knocked over. <laughs> so, oh, no. 
this is what happens. I'm like trying to be a cat in the dark. Yeah, no, that's real. Yeah. And as far as the light and melatonin, so melatonin is like the trigger that starts the hormonal cascade that's critical for deep sleep. So if you're getting light in the morning, I would say it's less impactful than if you're getting light on your skin, like when you're starting to fall asleep, because that's really where deep sleep tends to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really critical that you manage light effectively. That's that's the first major disruptor. So just okay. by balancing, like you get a higher percentage of natural outdoor or just early daytime light, it will reduce or diminish the effects of nighttime? Well, no, you just need to do both. You need light in the morning and then darkness uh, again before bed. I'll also say that for Canadians uh, or anybody living in brutal Canadian climates or cold climates, and I am Canadian, I've moved away 19 years ago because I don't like cold. You can use blue light. So there's a company called Retimer and it's about these three, $400 glasses that literally just blast your eyes with blue light. And it accomplishes the same thing. There was also the human charger, which I own as well, would blast light through your ear canal. So these are tools that people can use that, you know, if you don't want to go outside because it's minus 30, very understandable, (laughs) but uh, there's other tools you can use, whether it's panels, glasses, or the human chargers to basically shine light on your brain in the morning. Yeah. Even beyond the cold outside, for a lot of people, they're waking up in darkness during winter. So do you think these are comparable? Is it doing the same or probably not quite as good, but best choice? Yeah. I think it works. And the, the retimer actually worked incredibly well. And by the way, for anybody that wants to wake up earlier, this is the strategy. Like the, the best strategy to reset your circadian clock is wake up and then shine eye, shine light in your eyes. And then you can use melatonin for a couple of nights to help reset the clock. We can talk about that when you travel because it's really important. And you can reset your clock in a couple of days. So for people that want to try to wake up earlier, it's really all about the light in the eyes. And then you can use the optimal amount of melatonin, not these crazy dosages that people are using. Yes. Yes. We'll definitely dive into that. And um, actually, we just interviewed Dr. Deanna Minnick, who's doing a lot of research on melatonin. And her new thing is do we have a darkness deficiency? So for so long, it was like, do we have this light and vitamin D deficiency? Cause no one was going outside. And she says now, even though we're indoors all the time, no one is getting like real darkness unless you're thinking about all the things you just said. So mm-hmm. I appreciate the, the balance there. So what, uh, what else disrupts our sleep in this era? Yeah. Yeah. There's six really like seven big ones. I've, I've added a seventh. So the, okay. the second big one is temperature. And really, you want your bedroom to be like a cave. And I was talking to the founder of Runga yesterday, and he was asking sleep questions from a paleo perspective, from an evolutionary biology perspective. You know, what can we learn that we can mimic today? And really, you want your bedroom to be a cave. And what does a cave typically feel like? It's dark and it's cold. So my when I had my first sleep crisis in my 20s, I read a book called Power Sleep by James Moss, and you know he talked about all the research with with cold. So typically, you want your your bedroom to be around sixty five to seven seventy degree Fahrenheit, or sixteen to eighteen degrees Celsius. However, for people that have a hot metabolism, you know maybe women in their premenopause, menopause, people that have a lot of lean muscle mass, people that work out a lot, they they can be you know your body temp is just higher than than average. And I had that issue and I was sweating 
and losing three to four pounds, even though my bedroom was really cold, I was overheating underneath the blankets. And that's where things like the chili pad, which I'm a huge super fan of. I think a lot of people love the uh, sleep eight. I haven't used it, but I've heard good things. Those devices can help us manage temperature underneath the sheets. So what I like to do is like a weighted blanket. And there's a great company called Sunday Citizen that has like a crystal quartz crystal loaded weighted blanket. Uh, I really like it. I've tried a few ones and that's the one I, I recommend. And then using a chili pad underneath and you can really control the temp. And you don't want to be too cold. If if you woke up because it was too cold, then obviously it's too cold. So there's, there is an optimal temperature. But once you've got that dialed in, it's awesome, right? And of course, you want your head to be about one degree cooler. That's one of the reasons I never really love sleep masks because I found my head would overheat and I like I would literally throw off the sleep mask while I was sleeping, not consciously. And what I'd love to see is cooling pillows. I have not seen that. Like that's the one missing piece of the puzzle that I've talked to Todd, the creator of the chili pad. I'm like, when sleep pillow? Because we need it, you know, sleep cover pillow, chill pillow, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, temperature is huge because what'll happen, you'll toss and turn, you, you will not be able to get into really deep sleep or stay there very long. And it completely destroys the quality of your deep sleep. Mm. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I'm so sensitive. Maybe I am one of those people that sleeps really hot. And I, I've had the chili pad, I now have the eight sleep. Um, it, I definitely notice a difference. And I will say like, when I go to visit my in laws, it's a thermostat battle, they keep it at like 75. Mm. Oh, and I'm oh just like, no, I can't comprehend how anyone can sleep like that. So I'm like in there with like ice packs. I got like the eye, the eye manta mask that has the cold packs there. It's like, it's quite in a game. their defense. I think until you have experienced cooler sleep, you don't really know how much better you can feel, which uh, is kind of the, the thing with all biohacking. You don't realize the potential or, or how optimal you could be living until you get those benefits. Good I point. used to sleep really hot and I was like, oh, I'm, I feel good. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I feel so much better if I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I travel a lot and definitely, I would say that's my number one sleep disruptor on the road. Like, you know, you go to a nice hotel, the mattresses are usually decent. Sometimes you get the blackout, but I'll typically, you know, wake up a couple of times because I'm literally overheating and you know, it's a major sleep disruptor. So I'm really, really hoping that hotels catch on and start having at least an option. And I would pay a premium to get some sort of cooling technology underneath the blankets. So, yeah. Well, Matt, I did discover how you can hack the thermostat in hotels. If you need that, I'll share it with you later. It, It doesn't cool the bed, but you can get the room colder than they would typically let you get it on the thermostat. Helps a little bit. Yeah. 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 One, one more, one more comment on, on temperature, which is interesting. So if you look at the literature on, on hot bats, it actually improves sleep. And I think the the mechanism there is that it's relaxing your nervous system, right? Everybody, you know, do a hot bat, put some Epsom salts, put some lavender oil soap and just chill out. Right. I mean, really helps relax the ner- relax the nervous system and anything you can do to relax your nervous system before bed is going to typically improve your sleep. That's why Magnesium breakthrough has been so transformational for thousands of people on their sleep. And the other interesting thing is, is if I've taken, I've talked to a lot of other people that have done the same thing and reported the same thing. If you do an ice bat before bed, I've had the best deep sleep recordings I've ever had 
doing an ice bath. Wow. And I think that it just kind of probably kickstarts the some biological processes because again, cooling down the body is a core part of sleep. And I've used other cooling gadgets like the cryo helmet and some other cooling devices and seen improvements in my sleep. So I think either a hot bath or an ice bath seem to both improve sleep, which is interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm very curious about the physiological response there, because typically if we're exposed to heat, it will cool our core temperature, which we want to decrease before we go to sleep, whereas cold will then heat heat you up from the inside out. So I wear socks to bed because it helps cool my temperature. But I wonder if the ice bath has something to do with glucose, lowering your glucose and potentially heart rate before bed. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like when I do really intense brain training and we're training five, six hours a day, that's when I, I always, always do ice baths. And I found that it really cools the nervous system. Like it really helps reduce neuroinflammation. And I mean, yeah, obviously you're getting a dopamine spike. And, you know, that's, that's a real part, but I've, I've definitely seen some, some great sleep stats when I've done that. Yeah. And if it feels hmm. good, you can't really argue that. What's up biohackers. What if I told you there was a supplement that is helpful for immune health, dental health, skincare, even can help our pets at times. And it has actually been used by many ancient civilizations for a long, long time. I am talking about silver today. It was actually used before the mainstream discovery and acceptance of antibiotics in the early 1900s. Uh, silver was used in hospitals and is still used today. And we do want to be careful about the quality of silver. This is why we love the silver sold technology. It's not ionic. It's actually a true colloidal silver, which is a nanoparticle coated by a silver oxide. So what you really need to remember is that it's more effective and more efficient at lower parts per million. And the silver sold technology that we love is 10 to 33 parts per million versus there's other companies that have up to 3,000 parts per million. So the takeaway more is not always better. And the company that we really, really love to use is Silver Biotics because they have a wide range of products, like I said, for immune-specific, dental-specific, even the pet care, wound care, all of these great options. And the Silver Soul technology has a natural way of targeting invaders without the side effects, so using multiple modes of action on how it targets invaders. It uses the natural elements to kind of trick the body, so to speak, to kickstart the immune system. So especially through the winter, we love using the immune support. So if you want to check out these awesome products, you can head over to silverbiotics.com and make sure you use discount code biohackerbabes at checkout to save some money. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm curious about yeah. some food stuff. What about eating too late? Well, that's one of the major sleep disruptors. So I started tracking my sleep using, a, there was a Zio device, which was a headband and a and really important thing on just sleep tracking in general. The only way you can get accurate deep and REM data is if you use an EEG uh, headset or electrodes. Like if you go to a sleep lab, they're using electrodes. All sleep devices, and I'm a big fan of the Aura Ring, but Aura, Fitbit, Whoop, all of these things, they're about 60% accurate. And I wouldn't get discouraged. It's good enough that if you're improving things, you'll see you'll see improvements. And as long story short, when I started tracking my sleep, I was getting zero to 15 minutes of deep sleep at night. And probably the number one thing I was doing to destroy it was eating an hour or two before bed. And, I, and I'm from the bodybuilding world, which literally recommended people you know, drink a casein protein shake before bed and do all these things. So you'd be anabolic all night while you sleep. Probably the worst sleep advice of all time. 
Oh man. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think that ideally you're not eating three hours, but I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people will tell me four hours is even better. Some people will say five. And one interesting comment is like a lot of people have told us that they've improved their sleep using Masszymes or P3OM. And we've, we've heard that many, many times. And I think what's happening, it's helping clear out the digestive system more quickly and reducing the impact that the food would have had on their sleep. So yeah, food is a big no-no. So what can you consume before bed that might improve sleep or not impact it? Two things. One, amino acids. So if you take amino acids, they'll typically be digested in about 30 minutes. So it's very fast. And obviously in sleep breakthrough, using a couple of amino acids like glycine, L-theanine. So those are, are no problem at all. The other one too is glucose. So anything that increases serotonin, serotonin is a building block, a precursor to melatonin. And a lot of people, I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about it. Some other people, you know, they'll do a teaspoon of honey before bed. I've tried like half a cup of fruits before bed. And what's happening is the sugar, the carbohydrates are increasing serotonin in the brain, which I've, I've found improves sleep. So right now I'm actually on a three-day fast. I'm on day two. And typically if I'm doing a multi-day fast, I find that on day two, day three, my sleep starts to get compromised. And I think the body is just spiking cortisol more early, earlier in the, in the morning to get me to wake up and go find food. However, if I consume about like 10 grams of carbs, like half a cup of, of berries or half a cup of pineapple, I'll typically not get that. I'll sleep much better. I'll get better sleep. So I think that those are the two things. I think the big things you want to avoid is complex proteins, fats, like you know, a, a mix of, of food, like any, any one of those things that'll be difficult to digest, I think will compromise sleep significantly. Hmm. Yeah, I love taking just like a handful of masszymes with my, I mean, I do it with most meals, but especially dinner, just because that's like my uh, post-workout meal it tends to be higher in protein. So yeah, just like take a handful of those and I think it it helps. And the essential amino acids, I think that's really good to point out too, because the timing before bed, I find if I if I go five hours before bed of not eating, by the time I'm getting in bed, I'm hungry again. Mm-hmm. So three to four hours seems to work well for me. So I tell people, you know, experiment with that. But even so, if you are about to go to bed and you're hungry, a scoop of amino acids just to like offset that. Or like you said, the berries or some honey, um, because I don't sleep well when I'm hungry. So yeah. Yeah, ghrelin can disturb sleep, you know, and and I've tried all kinds of growth hormone peptides. And, you know, theoretically, the idea was, well, if I take a growth hormone secretagogue before bed, then I might get a bigger growth hormone release while I'm sleeping. And it's always disrupted my sleep. I've never been able to effectively use any of those. Mm. Yeah. I've always been a little too timid to try those before bed. Yeah. Cause I get a body yeah. temperature spike from them. So I, I think mm. it's, you know, again, yeah. some people I've heard some people say, yeah, I've used, you know, Ipramorolin or CJC before bed and it improved it. But, um, again, you got to do your own end of one experiment and see what works for you. Well, this is where the sleep trackers can come in handy, something like the aura ring. So what have you seen? What other metrics are, have been helpful to you to track? And I guess, what are your thoughts on the new sleep staging? Yeah. So first of all, I think the the best thing from the aura ring is the readiness score. So when you wake up in the morning, there's a sleep score and a readiness score. The readiness score is in my opinion, very accurate because it's directly measuring things that 
are clear signals of where your nervous system's at, your HRV, your body temp, your heart rate, when did your heart rate drop at night? They, they've got a very good algorithm for that. And I've found that it correlates incredibly accurately with catching a, a parasite, uh, catching a you know, a, a virus, any, any one of those things, you'll typically see it in your readiness score. Uh, if you're overtrained, if you're burnt out, like all of those things will show up. So I'm a big, big fan of the readiness score for just seeing where my nervous system is at. On the sleep, you know, I think that your target deep sleep should be 90 minutes plus. And again, if you're getting an hour, 75 minutes, this is where investing in sleep supplements and optimizing your sleep environment, doing all the things we're talking about, those little incremental gains will compound. And I love what Einstein said, you know, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And I think it's very true with sleep, with any biological thing. Like you might do one thing and it's improving at 10%, but you improve two, three, four, five, six things. And next thing you know, you've improved your sleep 50 or hundred percent. So 90 minutes of deep sleep is a good target. And then for REM, I mean, REM is where it's a lot of emotional processing, memory formation, neurotransmitter formation. Basically, that's where your brain is rejuvenating. And, and basically, you're laying the foundation for a good day uh, the next day. And I'd say REM, two plus hours is a good target. Like two to three hours of REM is probably sufficient. And again, the big downside with the O-ring is it's it's actually pretty accurate at assessing the combined time of deep plus REM, but I've seen some really, really inaccurate data where you know a good friend of mine says, it's saying I'm getting zero minutes of deep sleep and five hours of REM. And the odds that that's accurate is pretty close to zero. Like he's probably getting an hour, 90 minutes of deep and three and a half hours of REM, something like that. Because there was a device called Dream D-R-E-E-M. It was a headset that measured EEG. And I talked to a lot of users and talked with the company. And I, I, I contrasted it with the Aura data. And again, the, the Dream is way more accurate than the Aura ring because it's got electrodes. And yeah, people were getting, you know, people can get some really inaccurate data on total deep, total REM. So my, my advice is combine the two, see where you're at. And if it's trending the right direction, then that's good. Yeah. Cause I've noticed on the aura ring, I usually average like three to four hours of deep sleep. Like I always thought mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm like the deep sleep queen here, but the new staging it's now dropping down to like one to two hours. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that's a significant drop. And I, I do appreciate that aura is trying to, you know, make it more accurate. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering for someone that was getting one hour, they're probably getting barely any. So yeah. And I, I have the dream. I have to say, I couldn't get past having something on my head while sleeping. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have mm -hmm. you, did you struggle with that? Or you were like, it's okay. I did. Yeah. I don't, I don't it. use it. I don't use that again. I don't like having things in my head while I sleep. Like I'll, I'll like I said, the same thing with the sleep mask. I'll pull it off while I'm sleeping yeah. and not, not even be aware of it. So yeah, I think that the sleep staging is a big improvement algorithmically. And yeah, I think they're doing the best they can. And the, the key point they're they're using secondary metrics to try to assess sleep. So I'm hoping right. somebody someday creates some sort of electrode headset that you don't even feel, you know, you can't, you're not even aware of it. I mean, when, when everybody's got a neural link in their brains, 
we're all set. We'll be able to track sleep with 100% accuracy. So yeah, there you go. It's right yeah. around the corner. It's a scanner everyone. that comes down from your ceiling and just sends infrared light, just scans past your brain. Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, biohackers. I know you probably already know that sleep is one of the most powerful factors to upgrading your health. We know that great sleep can upgrade you on virtually every level. It can optimize body fat, muscle mass, your mood, brain function, and countless other ways. However, there is a popular sleep supplement on the market, melatonin, which is often overused and can be problematic because the body can adapt to it and then you need to take more and more and it becomes less and less effective. So melatonin has its place, but you want to make sure you know what you're doing if you're going to take it. So there is a much better approach. You can actually feed your body the natural melatonin building blocks and what we call the transformers or the cofactors that your body needs to naturally produce melatonin. And thanks to a brand new sleep form developed by our friends over at Bioptimizers, you can experience the best sleep ever. After years of trial and error and sleep tracking, they have finally launched a new groundbreaking sleep formula called Sleep Breakthrough. And this is a delicious sleep drink. Lauren and I love it so much before bed. And it actually supports your natural melatonin production and relaxation without creating a dependency. So you can actually take it more often and still have the best night's sleep on demand. We find that it helps you fall asleep faster, you stay asleep throughout the night, and it even helps you get the right amounts of REM and deep sleep, so really optimizing that sleep efficiency. And best of all, you'll wake up feeling rested and rejuvenated, not groggy like some of the sleep supplements can do on the market, so that's a great benefit as well. And guess what? They are giving all of our listeners an exclusive offer, so if you head to sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes, you can use promo code biohackerbabes10, that'll get you 10% off. And they are giving away special gifts for any purchase over $20. That is a limited time offer. But for now, make sure you definitely check out sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes. All right, let's get back to the show. So what else is disrupting our sleep? I think we got through maybe four so far. Yeah, so pressure points. So again, when I got into sleep literature, I was looking at different things that disrupt sleep. Blood flow constriction is a major one. And what happens is, especially if you're a side sleeper, Blood flow will get constricted in your shoulders, or if you're a woman with wider hips or legs, it'll get constricted in your hips or in your legs, and it's going to cost you cause you to toss and turn and pull you out of deep sleep. And I think one of the things that Fitbit, Aura Ring, all these devices are good for, some of them will track how much you're tossing and turning. And that's accurate because it's using the, the gyroscopes and the devices to see how much movement's happening. Anything that reduces tossing and turning will improve your sleep. And the the key to that is you want to try to even out the pressure from your head down to your toes. Now, back sleepers have a big advantage. One is they're getting a spinal adjustment while they're sleeping, which is a good thing. If you talk to chiropractors, they'll tell you the best position for sleep is definitely on, on their back. But some of us, myself included, I just can't do it. You know, I, I literally struggle to fall asleep. My my brain actually kind of gets active while I'm trying to sleep on my back. So I'm a side sleeper and I've literally had shoulder injuries from bad mattresses where my shoulder was so compressed and it was compressed for like six, seven, eight hours that, you know, I I need to go get adjustments from a chiropractor to try to put my shoulder back in place. And obviously that's a little more extreme, but for sure, most people are tossing and turning because their mattresses are not soft enough and they're not sinking in enough. And the parameters are 
if you're a heavier set person or if you're shorter, you want to be sinking in more. If you got wider shoulders, you need to sink in more. If you got wider hips, you need to sink in more. If you're lighter and taller, and maybe if you're narrower, then you want to go with a, a higher density foam. And I'm a big fan of foam mattresses. And the company I recommend is Essentia. They'll pay me. I'm just a huge super fan. And they can even do a custom made one. So that's the one I have. And if I roll over to my wife's side, her side feels completely different than mine. So they'll customize the mattress so that your body's sinking in an optimal amount based on your shape and your height. So I'm a big, big fan. And I know there's been a lot of mattresses coming out over the last few years and I haven't really tested them, but finding the right mattress for your body is almost a guaranteed sleep improver. So that's a big, big one. Mm. I'm always so curious about how our ancestors slept because we have so many modern day comforts to help us sleep, yet we're still struggling with this. What do you imagine was their sleep environment? Because they didn't have pillows and mattresses and cooling things and, you know, all all these biohacking devices. Well, I think they, they did have mattresses, but they were very primitive, whether it was leaves or grass, or, you know, if you watch cats sleep, they'll pick this, you know, they'll still pick a soft spot, right? I've got three cats and most of the time, sometimes they'll sleep on the floor, but, you know, put give them a towel to sleep on that. So I think even in nature, obviously animals will try to pick a, a softer spot or try to create some sort of, of nest or mattress, whether it's hay. And in fact, there was a really interesting study done where I'm from, which is uh, New Brunswick, Canada with cows. And what they found was if they gave it, if they actually kind of gave them fresh hay to sleep, you know, just just they clean their environment, their milk production went up significantly. So, like the point is, like if you think optimize even an animal's sleep environment, they'll sleep better. And probably a lot of people just slept on their backs because, again, if you're a side sleeper on a hard ground, it's going to be a rough night. And you know, when I fly and I'm on a red eye, I'll sleep on my back because I have to, and I'll take a the sleep stack of magnesium breakthrough sleep breakthrough dream optimizer. I'll take all of it, put on some red light, you know, some, some really intense, like the true dark ones, the red ones, and I'm out, I'm passed out. So I can sleep on my back, but it's just harder for me to do that. Yeah. Mm. But I wonder if that's something that we should all work towards because if our ancestors slept better there, but it's not always advised now because so many people have sleep disorder, breathing, sleep apnea, and that just increases those issues. But of course that's modern days (laughs) epidemic, right? The sleep disorder, they had stronger jaw structures. They didn't have as many environmental stressors. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should be all working towards sleeping on our backs more. But you just brought up the seventh sleep disruptor, which is Oxygen, air, and I've, a lot of people have obviously come to me and you know, sure, I can't sleep. I, I need, I got a sleep apnea machine. A couple of things I've heard people tell me that have worked is you know, mouth taping. I was talking to a guy a couple of weeks ago, and he told me like he was about to get a machine, and he started mouth taping, and that actually fixed his apnea. I'm a fan of the balloon. Have you, have you girls ever gotten a balloon up the nose where they they do the no, adjustment? But our, our dad, dad does has. it. Yeah. He's trained in that. Oh, yeah. It scares me a little bit. It's a little freaky. It doesn't hurt, but it's freaky. And and I do think that anything you can do to improve air passage through the nose is a good thing. So that's one of them. And obviously, Mm. you know, some people have ever had nose damage from fighting, from whatever. Uh, I think the balloon can be a good suggestion. There's also these really inexpensive 
kind of nasal expanders that you can buy. They're like 10 bucks and mm-hmm. th- those can improve air pass, you know, basically air passage. The other thing I've tried that improves sleep, there's a device called Elanra and it's a air ionization device. So it's not producing oxygen, but it's actually hypercharging oxygen molecules. And if you put an ORP meter in front of it, an ORP is a device that'll ma- measure the antioxidant potential of something. I've never measured anything that's measuring that level of negative electrical charge. And what it's doing is anything that has a positive charge, like a toxin, it'll basically neutralize it. So sleeping with that, I, I tend to feel more refreshed. And you can kind of just put it next to your bed stand. It's relatively inexpensive. I think they're their strongest one is about $1,500. And I actually heard Huberman talk about there's, there's some good clinical data and I know a lot of hospitals use it. So like in, you can basically use it as a medical device. What was so the that's name a good again? one. What was it's the name El- of that? Yeah. Elanra is spelled E-L-A-N-R-A. So if you just Google Elanra air ionization device, they've got a few different models and it's something I've used for a long time, something not a lot of people are aware of. You know, running some level of air purifier in your bedroom, I think is a good move. So I think air quality matters. And the other thing that I'm a fan of is the Nano V. And the Nano V, if you run it for like 90 minutes, it shifts your nervous system. So I think like the average protocol, say 20, 30 minutes. But if you're running that, you know, before bed, you're watching TV, you're reading, relaxing, doing whatever, typically around 60, 75, 90 minutes, you will feel your nervous system just go, just downshifts. And I found it's a very good primer for sleep. So Mm. it's not really something you're pumping in the air, but I think it's a good device to help prepare you for sleep. Mm. I have to try that. I've always used NanoB in the middle of the day to help with cognitive function and just increase clarity if I've had a long day. But Mm. I guess, I suppose that makes sense. Or is it decreasing the ROS? Is that how it's getting the brain into rest and recovery more easily? Do you think that's the mechanism? I think it's potentially reducing inflammation. It can, again, it's reducing the reactive oxygen species and, and thus reducing inflammation and thus calming the nervous system. I love that. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I think is happening. Yeah. yeah the next one sense. is consistency and early. So for a long, long time, I'm a natural night owl. Uh, if you do the power of when quiz, I'm, I'm a wolf, you know, and then some people are morning people. He calls them lions. Some people are in the middle. calls them bears and the insomniacs or dolphins. I'm a bear. That's me. I'm a dolphin. <laughs> okay. So yeah, the dolphins need to hyper-optimize your sleep environment. It's like, you know, and, and I have bad genes for sleep, but it shows up in my nutrigenomics. So there are genetics that are associated with better or worse sleep, but Certainly one of the things that will destroy your sleep is going past your target bedtime. And sleep is very similar to food. So we talked about circadian clocks. And one of the things your body will do is an hour before when you typically eat, let's say you ate at 6 p.m. every day. But at 5 p.m., your body's going to release ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone to basically get your brain primed and ready to go eat. And sleep is very similar. So if you're going to bed at midnight every night, at 11 p.m., your body's going to start yawning and you you might feel a little bit tired. Now, if you're powering through that, you're binging on a Netflix show, which, you know, I'm guilty of sometimes. 
what will happen is at 12.15, 12.30, 12.45, there's a cortisol response. And now you get that second win and you're energized. That will destroy your deep sleep. Like it's yeah. it's almost as bad as eating. It's It's right up there. So consistency is a really big one. And again, you really want to be in bed before that second win kicks in. So again, having a target bedtime, which is you know, in, in alignment with your chronotype and you're consistent with that. It, it's a really, really big one. It's something that I'm, you know, hyper-focused on. And again, in a, in a perfect world, you're taking your sleep molecules about an hour before your target bedtime. So if you want to go to bed at midnight, take your magnesium breakthrough, your sleep breakthrough around 11, you'll feel it around 1130 and then go to bed at like 1145 and you'll be passed up by midnight. So that that's a really important part of it is timing your sleep stack and making sure that you're consistent. And that that's a really, it's a, it's a big one. Mm. It's a big one. Yeah. I don't feel like a lot of people talk about the second wind issue. And I, I now that I'm thinking about it, when I go to bed at 10, Mm-hmm. I'm out in 10 minutes, but if I'm yeah Netflix binging or whatever, and I go to bed at 1130, it takes me like 30 to 45 minutes to fall asleep. It's like so bizarre, but that makes perfect sense with the cortisol response. So I'm curious, the sleep breakthrough, can we talk about how you formulated that? What went into the finding the right ingredients? Yeah. So again, when I had that eureka moment about eight years ago, and I realized I was getting zero to 15 minutes of deep sleep. My testosterone had crashed into the low 200s. My body fat on a DEXA scan was the highest ever. I literally had a, a eureka moment. I was on a, I was traveling in Vancouver. And I just realized the number one thing I could do is invest in my sleep. And that started the journey. And of course, I'm a big believer in feeding the body the right nutrients. And I think in general, it's always better to try to feed your body what it needs to produce the target molecule compared to taking exogenous forms. So melatonin is a hormone. And again, if, if we can feed our body the right building blocks, also known as precursors, and then give it the cofactors, which are transformers of these building blocks, we can naturally build melatonin. So magnesium is a great precursor. And that's why you know, thousands of people have reported getting the best sleep ever on magnesium breakthrough. And we still recommend using magnesium breakthroughs. I've been taking two capsules of magnesium breakthrough an hour before bed since it's come out. The only time I have not is if I've run out or, you know, for some reason I forgot it while I'm traveling. And yeah, it, it really works incredibly well. We've included P5P. And B6 is a great cofactor to convert the magnesium into serotonin. So serotonin, we talked about the glucose earlier. Serotonin is a precursor to melatonin. So anything you can do to increase serotonin before bed will typically improve sleep. So that was the first piece. And magnesium bisglycinate has the most clinical data on sleep. That being said, we're doing some R&D right now to prove that there's synergy when you're combining the magnesiums and we're seeing it. We're seeing it that when you're combining magnesiums, you're seeing a higher uptake in red blood cells compared to any one of the single magnesiums. And we've, we've known that, but now we want to build the, the body of evidence and show it to the world. So that's one of the things we're, we're doing some R&D on. Anyways, magnesium, I think, is a critical component. And of course, it helps relax the nervous system and prepare it. And the P5P is a really important cofactor. But some really some other really powerful sleep minerals, zinc. Zinc is really good to also calm the nervous system. 
And it's a cofactor for melatonin. The one that surprised me the most, and I'm going to give credit to Mr. Newt's, Mark Effinger, who's just a brilliant formulator. And he's like, we need potassium in this. And I've been a huge fan of potassium for hydration. I think most people are deficient in potassium. Their sodium to potassium balance is off. However, I did not know the impact on sleep. And the mechanism is it quiets down the brain. So as I looked at the literature, I found this really interesting data and research on odd mutant flies. And what they found was that sodium excites the brain and potassium quiets down the brain. So you can basically wake up with salt water. I'm a big fan of it, doing that for a long time. And I never realized how like sodium really is good to kind of wake up the brain and excite it. I'm actually drinking salt water right now. And then for at night, potassium is really good to quiet down the brain, actually helps calm down the heart as well. And for those people that tend to wake up and go to the bathroom, it can help reduce the odds of that happening because a lot of times when people are urinating a lot, their sodium to potassium balance is just off. They got too much sodium, not enough potassium. And by simply increasing potassium, it'll reduce the trips to the bathroom. So potassium has got a lot of benefits. Yeah, And the last one is calcium. So it just happened that grandma's advice of drinking a warm glass of milk was was actually sound advice. Calcium will improve REM and it'll help transform tryptophan, another amino acid, into melatonin. So those are the four minerals that we've used for sleep breakthrough. But you know, one of the things that we do to make our products the best in class is to stack and combine and create synergy where one plus one plus one equals 10 or 20. So GABA is a really powerful molecule for calming down your brain, calming down the nervous system, what we call the molecule of chill. And when you look at the data on insomniacs, they're about 30% deficient in GABA. So GABA, especially for those that are deficient, can be a really powerful sleep molecule. We tested a variety of sleep of GABA forms. And we just settled on pharma GABA. We think it's one of the strongest ones. You know, valerian root will also have um, impact on GABA. You know, some people will use all kinds of other things, but yeah, pharma GABA is what we we chose. It's, it's quite potent. It's very effective. And you'll feel that within 20, 30 minutes. Like if you do GABA, pharma GABA and drink it within 20, 30 minutes, you're starting to feel a lot more chill. And the other thing that it does and we there's one sleep disruptor we didn't talk about, which is hyperactive beta brainwave activity. And those are for the people that can't calm down their brains. You know, they're just the hamster wheels going, the monkey mind, whatever animal analogy you want to use. But what's happening is if you wire electrodes to their brain, you'll see they've just got hyperactive beta brain beta brainwave activity, and they can't slow down their beta, their beta brainwaves into alpha and then into theta and then into delta. So there's a couple of molecules that will help with that. One of them is GABA. GABA will increase alpha brainwaves. And the other one is L-theanine. L-theanine, which is derived typically from green tea, probably been my number one sleep molecule. Like it just works all the time. It's an amino acid. You don't adapt, you know, 100 to 200 milligrams does the trick. And it's why a lot of people prefer yerba mate or green tea over coffee because it really helps relax without causing drowsiness. And that was a really big objective for us with Sleep Breakthrough. We wanted to create something where you didn't feel hungover the next day. 
And there was a lot of molecules that kind of, you know, conked you out, but you would wake up and feel a little bit drowsy and hungover and you, you need an hour or two to feel refreshed. So L-theanine is really good for that. And then the final one, and I think this is one of the most powerful amino acids for health in general, is glycine. I think most people are deficient in glycine. It's an essential amino acid. I think the optimal dose is probably 10 to 20 grams. And we could do a whole podcast on glycine and all the positive things it does from collagen production to helping detoxify the body. But for sleep, first thing it does, it helps lower body temp. It'll actually help push blood out to extremities, helps improve REM. And here's my favorite feature of glycine. It will help you feel more refreshed if you're sleep deprived. And that showed up in the in the data. So I've noticed that, that, you know, if I'm sleeping, let's say six hours or five and a half, I'll feel way better than I've ever had before compared to when I didn't use glycine. So yeah, we have three grams of glycine and that's it. The rest of the formula is flavoring. We use blue spirulina to give it that beautiful blue color. We use organic berries, stevia, and then we use bamboo for silica and that's it. So basically everything in the formula is minerals, plants, and amino acids. That's it. Yeah. And it tastes great. It tastes really good. Yeah. I'm yeah. always wary of the powders. Like, what is this going to be? But I really, really enjoy stirring up that blue magic in, in the evening. Well, that's the other thing too. If you're hungry, it kind of feels like a treat. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm curious maybe about some behavioral stuff that could support natural production of GABA, because typically we are depleted in GABA if our glutamate pathways, like excitatory neurotransmitters are too high. Of mm -hmm. course, we could take GABA to balance it out, but is there any recommendation you can give on downregulation that you could do to support those pathways or that production in addition to taking the product? Yeah, I think GABA and glutamate, so there's this inverse relationship between the two, it seems to be heavily genetic. Like some people just seem to tilt one way or the other. And that's something we want to do as well with Utopia, start to incorporate some genetic data to to help uh, like really hyper-optimize based on people's neurochemical propensities. I'm not aware of anything that will naturally increase GABA. It's a really good question. And it's a good so just question. hyperactivity at nighttime. I don't know if you've had experience or success with breath work or meditation, meditation. or any devices mm -hmm. in that realm. But again, all those things will help reduce adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, which would all disrupt sleep. But I haven't gone deep into specifically looking at glutamate. So after this podcast, you, I'm going to go hit Google and see <laughs> what we can do to reduce glutamate because, yeah, it is excitatory. Yeah. yeah. Great question. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so my understanding with the supplement, there's nothing in there that your body would get hooked on or adapt to. It's something that you correct. can inject every day. Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, yeah, you just and what's cool about the powder is you can dose it based on what works for you. So some people report one scoop, which is like a half serving, is a perfect amount. Some people say two. So yeah, play around with the dosage. I think that the dose creates the effect with everything, and you know, dialing in the right dose is is really important. So yeah, so I personal go right for four, but maybe I should play around. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's personal. Too tasty to not do for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Matt, I think at the time the podcast is coming out, you have another sleep spray coming out. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So just to talk a little bit about 
how we approach product creation at, at bioptimizers in the bioverse. Um, we've done that with digestion and we started with Masszymes, which is still our second best-selling product. And by the way, Masszymes 4.0 coming out this summer. We completely rebuilt it. It is stronger. All We've rebuilt every awesome. single enzyme formula from scratch and we've blown away our previous formulas is what we do. But yeah, we started with that and then we really wanted to build a complete suite of digestive solutions. So we have a di- an enzyme for every diet from plant-based to ketogenic, everything in between. And we have the different probiotics that serve different goals from neurotransmitter formation to biofilm formation to, you know, killing food poisoning. By the way, P3OM, here's another sleep hack. So we bought a half million dollar machine called the HPLC machine where we can test the neurotransmitters that probiotics are producing, you know, probiotics will actually create neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. And P3OM is the number one GABA producer. And it peaks eight hours later. So if you take P3OM with dinner, you'll actually, by the time you're in bed, assuming you're going to bed within four, five, six hours, uh, you, you're, you'll get a really good natural GABA production in the gut while you're sleeping. So Pro tip there. Ooh, you have to use my compliancy on that because sometimes I forget to take my P3OM, but now I'm not going to. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing too, I mean, P3OM is proteolytic, right? It, it, it's There's only two probiotics we tested out of dozens and dozens of probiotics that will actually digest protein. P3OM is one of them. So it's really good to take with mass times, with dinner. Um, hmm. So there, there's a pro tip around that. And that's, that's data we haven't published yet. So World, world exclusives here. Great. <laughs> yeah. With sleep, our goal is to produce, you know, a system essentially that, you know, no matter what kind of, of genetic variants you have, we have a solution for you. And with GABA, what we found, I was talking to Dr. Dan Engel um, a week and a half ago, there, there's about 10% of the population that GABA is a stimulant for them. So they'll actually get like energize significantly. So for those people, sleep breakthrough is not a good idea. And dream optimizer is a much better idea. And but by the way, you depend on the form of GABA because you have the pharma GABA, which I guess crosses the blood brain barrier easily. It's all no, because because he told me that it's the same ratio people with valerian roots. So like it doesn't matter the the source at the end of the day, if there's a GABA improvement or increase, people get the stimulation. And we've seen that. Mm. So what we're seeing with sleep breakthroughs, about 90% plus people are getting record-breaking sleep. And then there's 10% that are just stimulated by it. And that's why we have a 365-day money-back guarantee. So if for some reason it doesn't work, you know, we'll give you all your money back. But Dream Optimizer is, is hitting, I'd say, 100%. I have not heard one report of people not reporting better sleep. And what is Dream Optimizer? It's a spray. And we did talk about melatonin that much, but here's the punchline. People are overdoing melatonin. Like the brain will naturally produce 10 to 80 micrograms. And that's something not a lot of people are talking about. Even a couple of years ago, people were saying, well, we're going to go down to 350 micrograms that's still a mega dose compared to what the brain will produce naturally. And some people, myself included, I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about it, Andrew Huberman talk about it. They have a genetic variant that'll cause them to wake up after five hours if they take melatonin. So it completely disrupts a normal 
sleep cycle. And I don't get that if I take 50 to 60 micrograms. So literally I'm doing three to five sprays a night of Dream Optimizer. I use it about three or four days a week and you will see a massive boost in REM. We have California poppy seed, which is really good for REM. And I think because you're spraying in your mouth, the 5-HTP is having a really positive impact. I've tried taking 5-HTP supplements before and it, it never worked. However, with the spray, we've tried like taking it out and it's working really, really well. So with a lot of things, again, the dose creates the effect. This small amount of melatonin, small amount of 5-HTP, along with the California poppy seed, is really, really powerful for falling asleep, for improving REM, improving lucid dreaming. When do you want to use it? A few use cases. One, when you're traveling. Again, using melatonin for a couple of nights if you're flying three plus time zones, it's a good idea. If you can't fall asleep, if you stayed up too late, you got that cortisol response, that second win, I think melatonin is really good to help shut down the brain. I'll use a heavier dose if I'm only going to get five hours or less of sleep. Because like a few weeks ago, I was in New York, go see Dr. Andrew Huberman, and I was waking up after four and a half hours to catch another flight. So that's when I'll use like half a milligram because I'm going to wake up after five hours and feel more refreshed than if I don't. So it's a good hack if you have that genetic variant to use it that way. Also, you can use the spray if you wake up in the middle of the night. Again, make sure you're managing light because if you wake up and you got a bright light uh, blasting you in the face, that'll really stimulate you. But you can use a couple of sprays of Dream Optimizer and go back to bed. I would say make sure that You've got a full sleep cycle, like you can sleep at least another two or three hours when you're when you're reusing it at night. And yeah, all of those use cases are awesome. So I've got a dream optimizer in my travel backpack, and I've got one next to my bedstand. And again, really important: lights off, take the spray, spray it so that you're not destroying it with the lights. That's it. Wonderful. I'm so glad yeah. that you circled back to melatonin. That was going to be my final question for you is to revisit that, but that feels very complete. And thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I've been, yeah. I just keep it in the bathroom. So yeah, if I, I rarely wake up in the middle of the night, but if I do to go to the bathroom, I will do just like four sprays and right back to sleep. I love it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing all this amazing knowledge about sleep. I think this is going to help a lot of people listening. So really appreciate that. Um, before we let you run, if you can share maybe one final piece of advice, something people can start doing today to optimize any aspect of health. Yeah, more of a psychological strategy, but we talked about beta brainwaves. So anything you can do to shift your brain into an alpha state an hour before bed is going to improve your, your life and your sleep. So there's a lot of options there. Pick the one that works for you. But meditation, hot bath, journaling, reading spiritual information, all of those things will kind of downshift you out of the hyperactive beta brainwave state that most people are kind of trapped in. You know, most people will wake up, turn on their phones, drink coffee, you know, take care of the kids, rush to work, work, come back home, take care of the kids watch TV, play video games, and then pass out, right? It, just carving out a little bit of time, and it doesn't need to even be an hour, but 20, 30 minutes of time to be in an alpha state is transformative. 
And I, I think that I've, I've spent about nine, eight or nine weeks of my life doing neurofeedback to train my brain to, to be able to, sh- to downshift and shift states on command. It, it's transformative. It'll really transform the quality of your life. So again, pick the one that works for you. Um, another final little pro tip that I learned from one of my marketing mentors, and he has ADHD and this helped him go to bed because he would have insomnia and not be able to fall asleep. And he calls it brain dumping. And what he does, very simple, he's got a notebook and a pen and he just starts writing everything, every thought that comes to his mind. And he keeps writing until there's nothing left. And he's not discriminating. It's not planning. It's not strategizing. It's really important. You're not trying to do anything. You're just literally capturing every thought, whether it's resentments, fears, visions, dreams, things you need to do, things that you know, you're bothered about, like, it just doesn't matter. You don't discriminate. And within five to 20 minutes, you will have nothing left in your brain and your brain calms down. It's your brain feels safe. There's this effect and I've felt it many times, even just taking notes in general, capturing ideas, your brain feels safe. It's which is always good to calm down your nervous system when you've captured a thought. Right. I think there's a stressor when you're keeping all these thoughts in your brain, your RAM is hyperactive and you know, you're just trying to remember all these things. Just putting stuff on paper seems to calm down the brain. So it's a really good strategy that's worked for a lot of people that are on the ADHD side and just can't stop ideating. So that's my last tip for you. I'm uh, obsessed with that okay. advice. And I have to say, you just burst my bubble because I thought that I came up with brain dumping. I didn't know anyone else was calling <laughs> it that, but that's the number one strategy I, I share with clients. And when they are compliant, it, it makes a profound difference. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's it's so easy. Anyone can grab a journal and just, and I always say, tell people yeah. similar to what you said, you know, don't make it perfect. Your handwriting doesn't have to look like anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be traditional journaling. It can just be scribble and that can be really helpful. Yeah, I learned that 19 years ago. So if you came up with brain dumping more than 19 years ago, then you can get the credit. Trademark it. I'm sure subconsciously I picked it up somewhere and I, you know, just wanted the credit myself. But I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a great strategy and yeah, it's yeah, very effective. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your advice and wisdom. And we just love this topic of sleep. Our audience is very familiar with bioptimizers, but we will make sure to send them the proper resources and make sure they can find sleep breakthrough and dream. I already forget. Is it dream, dream optimizer? Yeah. Dream optimizer. optimizer. Very excited about that product, Renee. And I have just loved it so far. So yeah. And just to get everybody some dopamine, all the listeners, some dopamine. And by the way, the, the way to activate dopamine is just to, to build anticipation, uh, first of all, we have a female line of products coming out. We have several female-centric products, so your listeners will, will be excited about that. The first one is going to be a PMS formula designed by a Chinese herb wizard. As he's a neuroscientist, absolute genius. Really excited about that. We have an adaptogen formula that's for men and women. It's it's the most powerful experiential adaptogen formula I've ever tried by a long shot. We have male sexual enhancement product line coming out. There's some, some Mr. Newt's creations, absolutely phenomenal. We have our book coming out with Hay House in September. We've been working on this for three years. The initial draft was 800 pages. So we're trying to get it down to sub 600. It is the ultimate nutrition book. 
This covers every diet, every universal nutritional optimizer, covers every goal from weight loss to muscle building to athletic performance. It, it covers nutrigenomics. There's nothing we don't cover in this book. So that's coming out. And yeah, a host of other things. I think we have 35 products in the pipeline. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. We'll make sure that uh, one of us comes back and talks about all this stuff. But yeah, we're just... We're just getting warmed up. You know, I'm ready for another <laughs> few decades of creating, you know, best in class solutions. And I really want to create superhumans. I really want to take people from sick to superhuman. And I love what you your girls are doing because you, you said it earlier. A lot of people, the thing I think that bothers me the most, and I wish I had a magic wand and I could just get people to experience what it's like to be at the upper limit of health. You know, like most people are kind of stuck in the middle. They're not sick, but they're not experiencing the vitality and energy that's possible when you start doing all the things that you teach and sleeping well. And, you know, that's why that's the goal is to try to move more people at at that upper limit because life's just better. Life's awesome. You just feel awesome. You're happier, a better version of yourself. So that's the goal. That's the mission. Thank you. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I think from surviving to thriving, right? Most people are kind of in the middle of that continuum. So, yeah. well, we love everything that you're doing and we appreciate Thanks. all the work that goes into every formula you put out there. I know our audience loves it. You've been a sponsor of the podcast for a while and uh, can't wait to share all these new formulas. So keep us posted. I definitely got a nice dopamine hit. I'm like, woohoo. Yes. <laughs> thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Thank thanks you for having so me on. much. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Hey, biohackers, thank you so much for staying until the end. And because you did, we have a very exciting announcement. For the next 90 days, we are giving free access to our seven-day Biohacker Babes Challenge. Each day includes a quick nutrition video, workout of the day, and actionables to keep you on track as we move further away from the new year. This is a great time to reinvest in your resolutions and bring a friend along for the ride. The offer will only be available for these 90 days or until the end of April. To access this challenge for free and to invite a friend, scroll down to the show notes and click the link. We will make sure you can't miss it. Happy biohacking. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with your physician or health care professional.